0: Hello, Andy here. I'm really sorry. I did kind of mess up a little bit on the sound on this one. Um, I did realise partway through, so it does get better, but at the start it does make Steve and our guest Laura sound a little bit like Daleks, which is not ideal, although pretty cool, because who doesn't want to sound like a Dalek? Uh, So I'm very sorry, but it is a really great podcast episode. Our guest is very engaging and very brilliant, so please bear with it at the start. And um, yeah, I'm going to go sit on the naughty step and think about what I did while you enjoy episode seven of the podcast. Photographers keeping it real. Photographers keeping it real. This is our podcast. We've never done this before We practice just a little bit So we apologize if yeah. It's a big shit I know it's so good Oh yeah Photographers keeping it real We keep it real cause We like the way that it feels Hello and welcome to the Photographer's Keeping It Real podcast. It's the week after Christmas at the time of recording so if we all sound a little tired and a little like we've eaten way too much recently then it's probably because we have. But now Christmas has passed I promise to try and avoid all mention of jolly rotund men although saying that joining me as always is Steve Grogan. Hello Steve how are you? Hello thanks for that. I, I thought you'd appreciate that. How are you anyway you okay? I'm not too bad. I feel like I've overindulged over Christmas and having a KFC for lunch today probably didn't um, help too much with that, but never mind.
1: Same here. I try and convince myself each year that I won't, and unfortunately I've spent most of the last few days wandering around the kitchen like Pac-Man, just eating everything. (laughs) I always get a little bit fed up towards the end of it all. I'm like, can we just finish it now and, and just get back to normal?
0: I feel like that as well, and then you're like, right, okay. Today I'm going to be good. It's two, three, four, five days after Christmas whatever, so there's no reason to be gorging still. And then you open the fridge and you're just like, yeah, let's have loads of crap.
1: <laughs> I need somebody to wire my jaws shut. <laughs> you
0: wouldn't be oh, able well. to do the podcast then, though, would you? That's a very good point. I could I could hum it. Yeah, yeah, that will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm off work now. I've got me out of office on, putting my feet up on most days. Kids clambering all over me and stuff, so it's pretty good. Are you off for uh, a little while?
1: Yeah, no, I um, I just said yeah, no um That doesn't make any sense, does it? That <laughs> you can see how confused I am. Yeah. I've no more weddings now until ninth of March. Ah, nice. Which is great because I've got a lot of things on my to-do list that have stayed on my to-do list over the last few months. So, so it's good to have that little break. Plenty of things that I can be doing, you know, blogging. Yeah. I, I won't even know what I'm doing on the ninth of March.
0: No, I was going to say it sounds like you've got a great plan. You will just like. You know, blogging and something. Yeah, I've
1: got to roll down somewhere. Ah, okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, anyway, this is episode seven yeah. of the the infamous podcast. And we've been having a bit of a chat behind the scenes about trying to make this a little bit more regular in the coming year, I believe.
0: Yeah, so it's been uh, a bit of a tough year, really trying to juggle work and life. uh, And so that has gotten the way of recording more podcasts. So we haven't been quite as on it as I'd like. So we're going to try outsourcing the podcast mixing, which hopefully will now free up some time for us basically to do the recording more often. Because the mixing takes like 90% of the time, really.
1: Yeah, the, the recording part is a fun bit, but it's one of those, isn't it, like when you actually have to come to edit it together, which I know obviously you do that, yeah. and that takes a lot of time. And I think outsourcing various aspects of, of the business in anyone's business is always a good idea if it's something where you think your time could be used better. Yeah. Speaking of which, if anyone is listening and outsources any any other aspect of the business, just drop us a line. It'd be interesting to hear what, what you outsource and why you do it and how you found it.
0: Yeah, I think that would be really useful, because I think people don't talk about it that much for some strange reason. so it would be pretty interesting to hear people's thoughts on things they've outsourced and how they found it, but I need to do a couple of bits of housekeeping before we continue. One is, so we deliver a lot of free content to everyone uh, via the Facebook group website. This podcast, but it does come at a cost to us. So for example, speaking of outsourcing the podcast, and it's gonna cost us about £70 an episode. So we set up a donate button where listeners can donate just five pounds, and that helps us with our costs a little at this end. So we know, you know, obviously we want to avoid the whole paid Facebook group route because we don't like that. Um, we know people love being part of the community But they don't necessarily want to pay for a full membership So if anyone wants to help us out Help us to keep PKR content free Please use the donate button You can find it on the webpage for this episode Or if you're listening to us via iTunes Just go to photographerskeepingitreal.com Click on podcast and select episode 7 And you'll find it in there uh, And another the thing was Quick shout out to our wonderful podcast partner QG Albums Who are without a doubt the best wedding album company In the whole wide world <coughs> Someone all three of us at PKR headquarters uh used solely for our albums and if you haven't checked out their products yet please visit www.cutiealbums.com for more information
1: you do realize andy that nobody says the www I know, I, bit I, at the start really of web addresses anymore
0: really regretted that halfway through saying it i was like "Ah, oh, steve's <laughs> gonna have my life here Yep, yeah, definitely. You sound older. <laughs> I did manage to avoid it for the photographers keeping it And I was like, I just started saying it. I was like, oh my God, at least I didn't do like HTPPS. Yeah, forward
1: slash. That's what my dad does. It's quite hilarious. But, you know, I know um, you've been speaking a lot to QT yeah. regarding their albums. And, and we hope to have some excellent exclusive offers from them in, in the coming year. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And I've also heard on the grapevine that our special guest also
0: uses QT albums. So... Is it time to introduce her? I think so. She's been waiting very patiently. She's basically the person I've had on my must-have on the podcast list, which could probably do with a snazzier name, really. She's... Been a bigger inspiration to me than I think she even realises herself. She's the founder of Snap Photo Festival, a huge proponent of community over competition and someone whose ethos sort of really shaped how we approach our own community via our amazing Facebook group, which if you aren't a member, please search for Photographers Keeping It Real on Facebook and join now. But anyway, here's the lady. Most people just refer to as Bab it's laura Babb. hello laura
2: hello and did you notice i started coughing just I as know. you said my name I so know. that was really awesome <laughs> i heard that i heard that <laughs> I've got oh, right old, so um apologies in advance for all of the coughing but thank you so much for having me
0: thank you for being here and thank you for breathing <laughs> Understand? No, it's great. It, there she goes again. Yeah. yeah,
2: sorry. It's going to be like this. <laughs> That's what it's going to be like.
0: I think Every, Everyone who comes on the podcast is poorly. I know, it's I it's, going the, to it's I the podcast curse. Anna was ill last time. Maddy at the mm. Christmas episode last year was ill. She was really ill. I thought she was going to like pass out or something halfway through. I don't know how she got through it. I think you were ill for that one as well, or I was. or Yeah, so podcast flu. Never mind. You
1: know, it's great to have you on the podcast, Laura, and um, lovely to actually speak to you for the first time. Now, I've not been to Snap myself, but I know how highly... Andy and Hannah speak of it and I'm planning on coming this year um, but one question I would would have about it though because I've heard lots of rumours about how out of tune Andy's singing was at the open mic night you held no <laughs> <laughs> <the> <laughs> that is an
0: outrageous that's an lie. absolute lie so um without sort of like reflecting Andy's ego too much he oh, made God. me cry a little I bit can't. when he when he was singing so
2: it couldn't have been that bad oh, unless I was a bit drunk then that's obviously a distinct possibility so it would have been the alcohol Well, maybe yeah
0: when I came off Hannah um, she said something really nice the camera was like oh you were wonderful or something like that right which is not like Hannah and then I asked her about like the next day or something she was like no, I was so drunk I can't even remember you singing. <laughs> you <laughs> liar! A cop out. Yeah, so I reckon I must have been, must have been awesome. No, I don't know. <laughs> you
2: were Very good. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. Well, if anyone listened to our Christmas podcast last year, they'll all all know that Steve sounds like a mank Bob Dylan. I love right? that. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> so I can't really compare to your level of talent. But maybe we can get up and do a duet at Snap 2019's open mic night, Steve. If there's alcohol. No, the Chances are, nah, don't I'll worry about that.
1: Doing not it without right. much persuasion. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll write that down now. So I'll
1: yeah. We should mention before we go any further that Andy, you basically harassed Laura until she agreed for Snap to partner with us. True, and because we all know what you like—bit a bit persuasive. You throw your toys out of the pram. I don't like a baby or a, a <laughs> stroppy teenager if you don't get your own way. It's true. But Laura has given us an amazing discount code for Snap 2019. Uh, Laura, please, can you? First of all, tell our listeners when it is and also what the code is and how they can use it.
2: Sure. Um, so it's the twenty-seventh of April next year, um and the code is keeping it real, um, all one word or lowercase. That will give you a hundred pounds off your ticket if you buy it before the end of January. And you can buy our ticket buy your ticket rather at the snapphotofestival.com website. Notice I didn't do the www.andy.
0: <laughs> you could have yes. done it so we felt like, you know, <laughs> putting it together. Come on, Laura. Well, it is an amazing deal. I really hope to meet lots of our amazing community there this year as well. Because last year I met Paul Williams for the first time who actually then ended up second shooting for me this year and was awesome the um, bed. Soven. Yeah, he's got a great beard. Uh, Soven. Uh, and I caught up with uh, Matt Badenoch, who I knew already and Alveyard, Karina as well, who was lovely. And that's the first time I met her. So uh, there's probably others I've forgotten to mention too, but it was brilliant to put sort of names to faces and catch up with old friends. And I did finally get to meet Hannah Hall in person.
1: You poor thing.
0: Yes, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> oh, don't lovely? No.
1: <laughs> it all sounds amazing. And then um, I know communities is something that we both value highly and I've said before the way we run our community on the Facebook page etc it's a positive place and it's all about supporting each other massively and obviously inspired by Laura and and the snap community so Laura please could you tell us about how you created the snap community and give some examples of people that it's really helped
2: It's always been kind of a two-stranded thing for me. So obviously there's the education aspect, but also the community aspect. And I kind of wanted both of them to be um, equally important. The aim really with the community is to make sure it's a genuinely friendly, supportive community that's inclusive. So we've got a community sort of manifesto and guidelines that we kind of use to just make sure everyone knows kind of how we expect the community to work. And as a result of that, actually, the people that we've ended up attracting to SNAP, are kind of self-regulating in a way because they do really want to support each other and the community are kind of quite quick to make sure the community works in the way it should. So it's really, really positive in that respect, I guess. In terms of people it's helped, I've had all sorts of wonderful feedback from people telling me it's changed their life to it's changed their business which is really humbling but a really lovely example I like to share is one of our community members who I won't name for obvious reasons that has autism and they kind of told me that the snap community is one of the first places they've ever felt completely welcomed and accepted and that might have made me cry a tiny bit so yeah that's what it's all about for me making sure that everyone feels equally welcome when they become a part of the snap community really
0: Oh, that's brilliant. You know, I've definitely found that when I've been there as well. I think there is a little bit of apprehension when you go somewhere like that because you're not sure how it's going to be and how you're going to fit in. There's going to be loads of cliques. I can never remember how to say that. Cliques, cliques, whatever. So you're like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And then you get there and from day one, it's community Everyone's going to get on. Everyone's going to support each other. We're all going to be friends. And it sounds like really sort of new age hippie-ish, but it really works. Like nobody's like sort of mean about anyone. Everyone's like, oh, you're new? Cool. Like come stand with me and we'll have a chat. And it's like very supportive. So you, you go on day one thing and oh my God, like this is going to be so weird. And then by the, the end of day one, you've got like loads of friends and you're like, oh, wow, cool. One of the things I definitely agree with is education, 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 which was said by Tony Blair, who I'm not really a fan <laughs> of, because he's like a human rights <laughs> violator and war criminal, allegedly. That was that was
1: when he was okay.
0: <laughs> it also sounds like a shit spinoff off of location, 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 doesn't it? Now I've said it out loud. But anyway, I think we can always teach ourselves a lot um, when we first start out as photographers. So we don't always put investment into the learning side. But whilst, as you know, Steve, I love to buy gear like it's going out of fashion, the best investments I've ever made in my business were I did a two-day workshop with Sam Hurd and the two times I've been to the Snap Photo Festival, especially... The latter, both times I've taken huge leaps forward in my business and my photo taken sort of abilities in the 12 months that followed each step. You know, for me, education is massive. Laura, how did you come up with the idea for Snap? And if you could share a few highlights from the learning side with us too, that would be great. So people can sort of get an insight into the sort of things people have learned.
2: Sure. Um, I mean, firstly, I should say that learning and education is massive for me as well. And I'm a real workshop junkie. And um, unfortunately, I get to go to quite a few um, as a speaker these days. But even when I'm kind of not speaking at events, I still pay to go to a lot of workshops because for me, it kind of keeps me fresh it keeps me um enthusiastic and it keeps me inspired to kind of keep pushing forward i guess and one of the workshops that i went to probably about Well, it would have been before I started the first Snap, obviously, about six years ago, was Field Trip in the US. And Field Trip is kind of similar to Snap in the respect that it's a non-traditional learning environment. So they kind of take over a summer camp venue, um, and it's kind of very outdoorsy, and you kind of break out and kind of go off to loads of different workshops and sessions. And that was really kind of the inspiration for starting Snap, because there was kind of nothing – well, and I still don't think there is anything quite like it in the UK.
0: No, I'd agree with that. (laughs)
2: And what I really wanted to do was kind of take the filtered model and uh, create something with a really intimate focus that allowed us to kind of build the community that I'm really passionate about. On the learning side, I used to kind of do training stuff in my old job and I'm really conscious that a lot of workshops... They will give you a list of names of people that will be speaking, but you kind of almost have no idea about what they'll be talking about. Mm. And I didn't want Snap to work in that way. So we're really driven by our learning manifesto. And we curate our speakers based on their content first and foremost. And um, that's a real labor of love for me. It actually drives me a little bit uh, past the point of no return every year mm. because we're kind of looking for people that would deliver content across a broad range of topics, uh, including unexpected speakers from outside of the photography industry. So we've had artists and broad. Casters, um and people that will kind of add a bit of extra value to kind of what you're taking away.
0: Actually mm-hmm. can I just in- interrupt there because I didn't mention this to you when I sent you sort of like the points that we were going to discuss today but first snap I went to which was snap 2017 an American lady I can't for the life of me remember her name and she talked all about branding and your voice and sort of being you and all these amazing things that were nothing to do with photography. Tara
2: Gentile, I think that was.
0: Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, like, honestly, like, amazing and probably, like, my best, like, favourite talk of the whole snap. And I came away from there going, ah, I am a photographer, but, like, I don't really necessarily feel 100% fulfilled by doing that. I need some other creative outlets to do. And I didn't really know what, and then Photographer's Keeping It Real was kind of born, actually, quite a lot from that process of of thinking about everything she'd said over about a year period, thinking, what can I do? I need to do something more to sort of stimulate myself creatively, uh, creativity critic uh? creatively. <laughs> creatively, creatively that's, that's amazing the word. and yeah. you
2: should email her to tell her that because I'm sure she would love to hear that
0: I really should because it really was hugely inspiring and it and the thing I noticed from things like that is you don't always come away and immediately do something it can take 12 months for what you've learned to percolate to be a sort of like fully formed idea or something Sorry. not
2: every lesson is for that point in time is it yeah. sometimes you kind of pick things up later yeah and with snap i think there are the things that have very clear defined learning outcomes and that's really important to us but there are also little sparks of inspiration that you might remember six months or 12 months down the line that kind of change something for you or shift something for you and i think all of those things kind of come together to be equally important which is wonderful
0: yeah i would agree with that definitely
1: okay now we all know that you all tune in for one thing really so yes it's a embarrassing story time laura get your best embarrassing story ready because here comes the jingle
0: It went wrong, it went wrong Something went very wrong At a wedding went very wrong I thought it would be embarrassing Then I thought, oh poor me And then I thought it made a good story But I'm gonna tell you right now It's my embarrassing story, oh
1: Okay Laura, so we're all friends here No judgement at all Please tell us the most embarrassing thing That's happened to you at a wedding
2: Okay, well, the first thing I should say is that I have a very, very high threshold for embarrassment. I'm not very easily embarrassed at all. So I really struggled with kind of thinking of a story that was embarrassing that happened. I guess the closest thing I've got is the time I got food poisoning at 3am the morning before a wedding. I'd been shooting a wedding in Ireland. It was a Thursday wedding and they had oysters, which I decided I'd get involved with, which was probably an error in retrospect. So I flew back to England on Friday, Saturday morning. um, I was in London and I had another wedding that day and I woke up in the morning at 3am just projectile vomiting for mm. about five hours oh, I went and shot the wedding but sort of had to take it in terms with my second shooter who was also a bit ill to kind of go and hide in the toilet at various points <laughs> no. um, I was quite white and sweaty it was really hard going and then we got to the drinks reception at the second wedding and someone walked past with a tray of oysters no. and I just very to remind nearly, you just to remind me I very nearly didn't make it to the toilet before I was sick again oh, so no. not terribly embarrassing but not ideal either I
0: don't know in my head as soon as you said the tray of Isis I just imagine you vomiting all over them.
2: I managed not to do that but that was definitely running through my head and I was kind of what it was a distinct possibility to be honest so but I've never puked on a person at a wedding yet.
0: I know if anybody has actually puked on somebody at a wedding who's been working so I'm throwing this out there right now if you've puked on somebody (laughs) at a wedding you are definitely getting on the next podcast.
1: You'll be surprised there will be people out there that will will definitely have to
0: Wow. You could do a special episode dedicated
2: to people's throwing up at wedding stories. Yeah.
0: Do you know what, though? I always think someone needs to write a sitcom about, like, the wedding industry because it's just stuff like that happens all the time. And we just get on with it and we battle through it. And you kind of try and hide, like, it from people, especially people at the wedding.
2: absolutely.
0: I think it'd be better as, like, a a satirical take on it as well because there's a
1: lot of things in the industry that I personally think need (laughs) having the fun poked at them a little bit as well yeah I agree yeah no yeah we take ourselves
0: way too seriously that's why we started doing stupid jingles on this one we we were like right we're gonna do a podcast and it's gonna be like not too serious because everything's really serious in the wedding industry and people just like need to chill out and then so we have stupid jingles and stuff that is why we did it because it's just yeah it's so serious all the time
2: it is a bit, isn't
0: it it's quite annoying really yeah i know but also then we went a bit too far and my dog was speaking at the start of the episode so we quickly knocked that on the head after a couple oh, of episodes. There's I that- feel like <laughs> that needs to come
2: back. yeah
0: <laughs> i miss it not charlie <laughs> no there's a fine line between between making a bit light and just being downright stupid so maybe yeah. your
2: dog needs its own spin-off podcast oh, I'm just yes. putting that out there
0: that would be <laughs> brilliant, but I can only do his voice for a very short period of time because we're like, like this. I don't think I do a podcast for an hour <laughs> speaking like that. Just, just outsource the yeah the, uh, voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean Charlie actually really speaks. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've dived right into Snap Talk and didn't really ask you anything about your photography. So sorry about that, Laura, because you are a photographer. That is your main business. I
2: am. Yeah.
0: So we should at least touch on it a little bit and one thing that I do definitely want to talk about is I noticed that you wrote a letter to yourself recently but that it was you starting out as a wedding photographer so you're writing it to like your past self does that make I don't know maybe you can explain it better than us so tell us a rough (laughs) version of what the letter said and any tips you'd want to pass on to someone who's relatively new to the wedding industry
2: well it's 10 years since I bought my first camera so I kind of thought that I would reflect on that and look back over my journey and and like everyone who kind of makes the leap to being self-employed there have been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, Um, Uh and it's hard, like being self-employed is really, really hard, so I kind of wanted to reflect back on that, and I've had some really big kind of shifts in the way I think about my work and my business this year, and a lot of it is kind of tied to linking my self-esteem to the work that I'm producing, and I feel like I've done a really good job at separating that out a bit more this year, which feels really positive, so it was kind of that, and like how I would progress from kind of finding my way as a new business owner to um, I've been full time for seven years now um, and kind of everything that happened in between. In terms of the tips that I'd pass on, I think sort of based on where I'm at this year it would really be to focus on your own self-care and not burning out and definitely one of my favorite photographers and people actually Kevin Mullins has a really good quote that he kind of has used in a couple of talks that I've seen him do and he says focus on the marketplace not the industry and I think that's really really important advice for new photographers you can get very sucked into the industry and kind of the serious side of it that we just talked about Mm, but actually what you should be focused on is the marketplace and serving your clients and then having good work-life balance so that your own personal life doesn't suffer
0: yeah Mm. that is a really good piece of advice I think because we don't separate it at all It, it becomes it defines us in a way because it's you go not healthy. It's not, but like you go from sort of a normal job in an office where you're just like a cog in a wheel and you don't feel defined by your job at all. And that's why you become like a photographer or something, because you want that sort of inspiration and that way of working where it's all you and you can do what you want and you can be creative and all this. And then suddenly you realize it's completely consumed you and that dream has kind of like not become a nightmare, but it, it's definitely not as beautiful as you thought it would be because now you feel terrible half the time because your work's not as good as someone else's or
2: yeah Yeah, and I think one of the really sad things about our job is that you sort of neglect making your own memories to record other people's and I have I've got a six-year-old nephew who said to me not in a malicious way or kind of a sad way or an annoyed way but he's like Auntie Laurie you've never been to one of my birthday parties and I was like oh that really sucks doesn't it because Mm. He's six and my business is seven years old and I've worked every Saturday but he's had a birthday party for the whole of his life. So this year I've kind of done a lot around trying to get a bit of balance back and make sure that I'm kind of making my own memories not just focusing on recording them for other people.
0: Yeah I think that's really sound advice and it's, it's something that I think you learn as well over time. You don't it's hard to know that when you start out. You kinda of have to go into the dark to come come back it's into true, the light yeah. a little bit. And it's yeah, true. I think this year I've I've started to separate my business from my actual photography. So it's not I've gone from being thinking of myself as a photographer who makes a bit of money to be in a photography business to now a small business who is a photographer, if that makes sense. So it's more yeah. I see my output as being you know, hopefully good. My clients love it and things like that. But then if I look at other people's work, it just gets me so down sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, like I thought I'd done really well. And even I can even do that in the same day. I can go, I am killing it this year. And then I'll look (laughs) look at someone else's work and I'm like, no, I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) I'm failing badly. And it's like, actually neither of those two things were right. I was just producing good work that my clients loved and hopefully pushing myself and and all that. But I need to think about the business side of my business and running my business well. Doing things well, that will give me the fulfillment of being a photographer rather than doing just excessive stuff just to try and make yourself feel like you're, you're being better than somebody else.
2: Yeah. And I think one of my big things is sometimes doing a good enough job has to be good enough. You yeah. can't aspire to be the best all of the time or even to mm. better yourself all of the time. Yeah. For me, I take a lot of comfort in the fact that I know that I'm producing work that my clients love. And that sometimes has to be enough for your own mental well-being. So. Yeah.
0: Two times this year, I think, uh, out of 32 weddings where all day I just felt, I'm not doing well enough, I'm not doing good enough and I don't know why I was just a little bit off the pace or something I just wasn't quite sharp as I was previously in other weddings or something and it got me down so much that I spent all day like fighting with myself to like I'm not getting anything I'm not getting anything. Got home, edited the wedding, and I was like, bloody hell, I did all right. <laughs> like, I did really good. And, like, for some strange reason, just because I, I'd probably been looking at someone else's work before that shoot and then, like, didn't think I was getting the same standard as them. Actually, I was getting, like, loads of great photos they loved, but I didn't see that that day. No,
2: it's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah.
0: It's
1: a journey. I know it's, it's cliched and it sounds cheesy as hell to say that, but we all go through these stages. I mean, I can, like you, Andy, I've gone through some moments thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, to to days upon days of thinking actually no I'm this is just not right I'm not doing it right or I'm not good enough and one of the things that I've been really really focusing on in the last few months is to is to try and make sure that I'm enjoying it along the way and I know it can be tough you know if you're shooting a wedding and it's not particularly inspirational or it's you know you're not on top form like which Laura said you can't be all the time but when you look back on things and and what you're doing being self-employed is tough but You've got to be able to recognize everything that you've achieved and know that you've enjoyed it. I mean, I think for the first time in the last few months of the year, I did start to really, really enjoy and appreciate fully what the situation that I was in, where I was getting paid to photograph parties, essentially,
0: yeah. and
1: have so much freedom to do other things outside of what used to be normal working hours and, yeah. you know, kind of create my own timetable. And, and I think it's really, really important personally to, to remember that and keep, keep going back to what what you've achieved i know there's always going to be things where you think i can improve on that i can improve on that that goes without saying and that's never going to change but i think it's so 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 important to just actually focus on what you did well yeah and, and give yourself like a a pat on the head
0: i did that earlier this year i bought myself lobster <laughs> in a restaurant for the first time because i had done really well but i did Deserve it, right? Not that anyone ever deserves lobster, but you, you do know how they're cooked, don't you? No, What's no, just... we're not talking. It wasn't cooked. No, it was cooked. That would be even weirder, wouldn't it? So I was at a wedding and everything was fine. I got it just before the speeches, and I suddenly got flu, and I'm not joking. It just came on, like in an instant, where I was totally fine, and then suddenly I felt like I was going to pass out. And the speeches started, and I. Th- threw up in my mouth three times oh my gosh I don't know how I didn't pass out it uh, could have been like, worse it could have been either end yeah well <clears throat> it wasn't but that was my wor- <laughs> I was worrying about that when I was starting to throw up as well and then as soon as the speech finished I told the couple that I wasn't well and I ran to like the sofa from the bar and I just curled up and just shivered and shook for like the entire wedding breakfast and uh, a bridesmaid came over and gave me like paracetamol everyone thought I was just asleep right so I was like then I was really conscious of the fact that people just walked past thinking like god like they've booked a right loose or he's asleep on the wedding day and stuff. But I was just so ill and I got through the wedding and I got through the wedding the next day as well that
2: oh,
0: Yeah. And he's then reaper. on the Sunday. That's
2: like oyster story to shame really doesn't
0: it? <laughs> so that was Friday and Saturday and on the Sunday or the Monday I think it was the Monday we went to somewhere called Saltburn which is in the northeast. And we went to a restaurant and I was just like Oh, lobster, right. I'm buying lobster. I deserve lobster. (laughs) I'm a hero. Yeah. I I have a medal specially struck for you. I'm going to present to you next time I see you. And you know what? The couple was so happy with the photos. She couldn't believe the standard of the photos. And then she put, and all that while you were ill, I can't believe it, best photographer ever. And I was just like, yes. When you, you have those days where you feel like you just can't buy a win and then the other days where you, you go through hell and then you have like the biggest win, like when the client gives you the feedback. Yeah. That was good. Enough about me. Oh no, more about me actually. <laughs> I've got something else I want to say about <laughs> well, we go again. It's all about me. It's...
1: You've not mentioned, have you told Laura about when you gave birth to your, when you didn't give birth rather that you... um
0: that you helped birth your, your I still haven't really heard this I'm story, tell- though. I'm not telling. I have tell me the I'll, story, I have but you- I haven't
2: heard the story. I'll
0: have to tell you in private when there's no one else around because everyone else has heard it, like, okay. a thousand exactly. times. Exactly. So. It's, it's, it's become a bit of a joke now. But it's, it's weird. weird. Did you eat
2: lobster after that as well, Andy? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I should have done, actually. Yeah, good point. I'm owed a lobster. You're owed a
2: lobster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had a dream last night that I actually gave birth to two children, which was very weird. So yeah. I've done that. I What, you've dreamt it or done it no i've got no. two i've got twins yeah but you didn't give birth to them out of your my yes <laughs> yeah that was my dream you know, they both looked tougher, exactly it's like it's tough for us guys as well you know it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah yeah no i think we'll move on i think we're da- dangerous territory <laughs> another thing that i wanted to share with laura was a simple tip that i picked up at one of the talks in snap 2018 which was just simple someone said and it was just part of a bigger talk about things time yourself doing tasks using an app called toggle And I went, eh, that sounds like a good idea. I need to reduce my editing time. I take too long editing. So I'm going to time how long it takes me to edit a wedding. And I'm going to work to, like, make sure that I'm improving each wedding. I'm going to get the time down by the end of the year to, like, at least a few hours less. And it's been a complete game changer for me because it made time real and, like, an actual tangible thing. So I time myself editing every single wedding. And if I get distracted by Facebook, which I do all the time, I feel guilty because there's actually a clock ticking down going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like judging me um I, I couldn't use that me i'd be <laughs> it's it's amazing because also then like you can cheat and keep stopping it right and then starting again when you start it and again and then you can open it up and it shows you all the times you stopped it as well and you're like damn it's even it than um, he's got you so it's like it's yeah it's literally counting the minutes when i'm not doing what i should be uh and it made time like a real conscious thing to the point where by the end of the year because i had so many weddings between summer and, and christmas that I ended up with this awesome time frame from culling to delivery that I stuck to religiously for 10 weddings in a row, and I edited and delivered and, and called obviously, 10 weddings in 30 work days, so I was basically doing it in three days flat, and that got me finished for Christmas, so that was awesome. You should shoot 120 weddings then next I know year. I worked out that I could do that. I was like, no, this like nearly killed me. But it did make me think if I could do 10 in a month, what the hell was I doing for the rest of the year? So that was a game changer for me. Is there anything for you, Laura, that's been a game changer from the last snap or any other snap or even a workshop that you've attended in the past?
2: I've had a few kind of big shifts this year, I think, in terms of the way I think about things. Um, and they're all kind of along a similar vein. So I started the year and the end of last year with quite bad mental health problems. Um, I've always kind of had depression and I've kind of had episodes of it on and off but at the start of this year I was having such bad panic attacks alongside a depressive episode that I couldn't leave the house on my own so I kind of had a rough start to the year and at various points throughout the year at various kind of workshops that I've been to people have talked about mental health in a way that's kind of really helped me to sort of change the way I think about it. The first One was probably Marianne uh, Tua, who spoke at Snap this year. She talked about mental health, and she's got a background in psychology. She's got a doctorate, and she kind of talked about the way the brain works, and she was kind of one of the person that talked about um, kind of using apps and things um, as part of the workflow to free up more time for you to focus on yourself. So her talk was brilliant. And then this summer I went to an ideas festival called the Do Lectures, which is kind of a bit like Snap, but covers a lot more broad subjects. So it's kind of across creative industries. And there was a speaker there called Katie Elliott, who uh, runs a company called Little Challenges. And she talks about kind of how you create habits and change the way that you approach things. And I've kind of had a couple of one-to-ones with her, which have been brilliant. And a couple of the really big changes that I've kind of implemented myself this year are kind of meditating every day she says not having meditated today yet (laughs) and making sure that I kind of get outside and get loads of exercise so I started the year not being very fit at all and then in October I walked 100 miles in a week to raise money for charity so yeah, it's been really nice to kind of watch my own progression. And kind of both of those things have really helped me with my mental health as well, because they're kind of positive things that I can invest time in that have really good outcomes for me.
0: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I, I would say those two things, really.
0: I definitely agree with the sort of exercise and stuff, because I don't really exercise, you know, like gym or whatever i used to play football lots but i'm so injury prone that i had to stop that because was just like i was falling to bits but i take the dog out every day for like 30 40 minutes and i live in the countryside and it just does my well-being so much good because i just mm-hmm. walk around and I, even if i'm thinking about things i'm away from the computer and i might be thinking about other things that aren't work or i might be thinking about work and it just sort of helps me be more focused on what i'm thinking or i'll just do mindfulness walks where i don't think about anything just listen to the birds singing and the wind in the trees and I do like a kind of thankful thing when I'm out walking the dog unless it's like pouring down with rain and windy then I don't Um, but (laughs) yeah I just sort of walk around go yep life's good it's really good 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 to
2: invest in yourself and for me that my approach always used to be wake up reach my computer check my emails start doing some work and I would prioritize everything except me Um, and this year I've tried to flip that around and that has in turn made me more productive in my business so it's been a really good outcome
1: Sounds good. I've got a lot of food for thought there as well because what you were saying there about balancing things and making more time for yourself that's on my to-do list for for next year. I've become very aware that like you've just said there Laura that first thing I was doing once I got the kids off to school was checking my emails and obsessing over that whereas the world's not going to end if I do that a bit later on in the day.
2: That's right.
1: It's a big thing and um it's definitely something that that I'm going to be working on.
0: Yeah, I think you can wait half an hour in the morning to check whether you want some SEO help from a company that can guarantee <laughs> you to be on page one, even though you're already oh, on page gosh. one. Yeah, yeah I'm so. getting so many of those spam <laughs> emails like, at woo, the moment. An yeah. inquiry I, I an email,
1: everything from Viagra requests <laughs> or offers to, or pick people offering me seo tips and i feel like it's
2: got worse since gdpr which wasn't what was supposed to happen yeah
0: definitely yeah that's true i think though we we can create a photographers keeping it real game of um steve if you just tell everyone your email address and we'll see what things we set you up for over the next (laughs) month or so are you up for it (laughs) that that sounds like a lot of fun actually
1: <laughs> i actually remember once in the days before email we put an advert in a, in a newspaper for a friend of mine with his, with his telephone number for sale a thousand coat hangers <laughs> and bizarrely he got absolutely hammered for about two or three days of market traders ringing him asking oh, wow. for, if he was still selling those coat hangers <laughs> amazing very childish but no, no, like no that's good that's i think we should, good.
0: we should do that to hannah she doesn't listen to the podcast you'll never know
1: <laughs> that's a very good point she just doesn't like the sound of her own voice does she she's not on this one so she needs to listen to this she will, one Dave, she will
2: tell Laura. her i won't
1: i'll be very annoyed if she doesn't know oh, i won't really she doesn't have to it's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay Laura. well i'm going to put you on the spot last question you've stepped into a lift with someone who is looking to invest in their photography business they've considered snap in the past but they don't know enough about it to feel confident to invest so you've got 30 seconds as you go up the floors tell us your elevator pitch
2: okay snap will give you a community of people to support you and refer work to you education that will help you grow your business inspiration that will push you forward help enrich your work Um, and it will also give you experiences that you'll remember forever like andy singing
0: (laughs) yes you'll never get that i think you was doing very well until the last bit
2: (laughs) the last line just put everyone off yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) barely even got a chance to get my phone out to start timing you i've got
2: some seconds left i could keep going go 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 (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also made you rather cruelly because you've got a bad chest talk very quick about Snap there so you did very well not to sort of like cough halfway through that so that was good yeah right I think that's it so thank you very much for coming on our podcast Laura it's been a, a real pleasure and I'm incredibly excited to have already booked my ticket for Snap 2019 so I will see you there and
1: don't forget Laura to remind everyone of the exclusive code the, the, the photographers keeping it real discount code and how and they can use it and Just to throw it in there, give everyone the dates again.
2: Okay, 27th of April to the 3rd of May. Uh, Go to snapphotofestival.com. Head to our ticket section, use the code KEEPINGITREAL, and you'll get £100 off your ticket before the end of January.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Laura. For everyone listening, don't forget if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a star rating and just a little review. This helps more people find the podcast and really helps us out. It will only take you a few seconds and would be hugely appreciated. I think we've got five reviews so far, all five stars. So if you give us a five star one, we'll love you forever. But you don't have to, no pressure. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all, folks. Thanks again, Laura. Bye. No, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.